You're listening to a message from Christian Life Ministries in Coventry, a dynamic, growing church in the heart of the nation. We pray that God will speak to you through this word and impact your life for His glory. Good morning. Good to see you here today. Really, really good to be here as well. And um, it is my pleasure to bring the final installment of our Empowered series. And I don't know if it's just me, but it feels like this has gone very fast. It's been a great series, but it's gone pretty fast. And uh, we've been on a great journey over these last few weeks looking at the person of the Holy Spirit. And in week one, Pastor Resta started us off by introducing us to who is the Holy Spirit. I'm just going to go through the the last few weeks for us. And um, we were presented with the Holy Spirit, who is one of the three in the Godhead how Jesus introduces him to us, and how Jesus also uh, refers to him as the friend, as we read in the message, the paraclete, the advocate, the one who comes alongside us. You know, the Holy Spirit is God himself, which is an amazing truth to grasp for us as followers of Christ. And then in week two, Luke brought some great thoughts for us about what does Holy Spirit do. I don't know about you, but I was reminded and realized that Holy Spirit does a lot. He does a lot of things in our life, and therefore, it's really important that we know what he does. And uh, he he referred to the idea that we are born anew in the power of the Holy Spirit through what Christ has done for us. We are sons and daughters of the Most High, and it is the Spirit within us that testifies to that. And he talked about proximity, that within us, it is the Spirit that cries out, Abba, Father. I find that amazing. It's the Spirit within us that testifies that we are children of God. And then he talked about how uh, the Holy Spirit helps us in our purpose and in holiness and helps us to be united in the body. You know, through the Spirit, our relationships with one another is through the powering of the Spirit within us, in our midst as God's people. And also that he helps us to proclaim Jesus. And uh, as Pastor Martin did in week three, he spoke about being filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, the idea of speaking in tongues and how we can get going in that. And uh, it was really great because we heard that, yes, we do carry Holy Spirit within us, but the Holy Spirit also fills us. He fills us with his presence. And, you know, this is an amazing thing that we have, and we refer to the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter two. And then last week, Dr. John Andrews introduced us to the gifts of the Spirit, how Holy Spirit enables us to have access to the gifts for the common good and how it is through Holy Spirit that if we desire these gifts, we can be activated in them. We just have to desire and have a go, as he said. And as I start to think about what I'm going to be speaking on today, you know, one of the things that was going through my mind, and I think you've probably caught this as well, that running through this series, I think we get a picture that it's really important for us to understand that in order for us to have fruitful lives, we need to live with Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit in our lives daily. You know, we can't live without him. We need to learn to walk with him daily. And today, as we bring this series in for, in, into a close, I just want to say I'm going to talk about life in the Spirit. Life in the Spirit. Before we unpack this, though, I'm just going to revisit some verses that uh, Pastor Resta referred us to in week one. Uh, John 14, verses 15 to 17. They'll be on the screen. And uh, I'm just going to read these verses for us, just to remind us. These are the words of Jesus, and he says, If you love me, keep my commands, and I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever, the Spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him, but you know him, for he lives 
with you and will be with you. I'll just say that last bit again. But you know him, for he lives with you and will be in you. And, you know, as I reflect on that again, you know, one thing I've started to really grasp is that Holy Spirit is so important. You know, he is the paraclete, he is the comforter, he is the friend that comes alongside us. You know, the spirit comes, comes, comes to us. You know, that is the heart of God, that he gives of himself, that he can, God himself can dwell in us. Isn't that an amazing truth? You know, some religions, some of the belief systems wouldn't believe that or wouldn't understand that, but I am so thankful that I'm a follower of Jesus Christ and I can say that the Holy Spirit dwells within me and that I can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit, who is equal with the Father and the Son, and God gives himself to be with us forever. And I really want us to grasp this as well. You know, when we are followers of Christ, let's understand this. This is not a try harder gospel. Try harder in your own strength. God gives us everything that we need to live a godly life. He gives us his spirit to be in us. We don't have to do it in our own strength, but he gives of himself, the advocate, the friend, the comforter, the encourager. And therefore, surely all this speaks of, what this speaks of to me is that we need to walk with the Holy Spirit. We need to have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not gonna work if we don't have an ongoing relationship with the Spirit. We need to be with him. We need him to be with us. And therefore, we have to attend to that ourselves as well. Pastor Yonggi Cho, you may have heard of him, who previously led the biggest church in the world in South Korea. He said that God gave him a revelation in the early part of his ministry that he needed to stop to refer to Holy Spirit as like an experience or just a thing that was there in, in, in his life. You know, oh yes, Father, Son, I get that, but, but Holy Spirit, well, you know, I'll just acknowledge you. He then had a conviction that God said to him, you need to start treating Holy Spirit as if he'd be a real person right beside you that you would walk in, that he is God himself helping you in this life. And it was a game changer for him. And you know, for us today, I just want us to, to grasp that, that like we have in our own relationships today, you know, we may have relationships with different people, you know, God is God, Holy Spirit is God, but we too need to tend to that relationship daily. We need to walk with Holy Spirit. We need to acknowledge him every day. We need to know that he's with us. And as we draw this series to a close, I just want to... Um, I share three thoughts to you which I think can help us if we want to live life in the spirit. Anyone here want to live life in the spirit? Yeah, me too. And I, and I think that these three thoughts could help us. This is not in any way the only three things, just three things that I've picked out which I hope will help us today. And even though this Empowered series is coming to an end, can I say this? For some of us, this is where it starts. This is the beginning of us entering into a spirit-filled life, amen? That we would then start walking with Holy Spirit and having life in the spirit. And the first thing I want to share with you is this, that life in the Spirit is intimate. Life in the Spirit is intimate. You see, we must understand that everything that we do, when it comes to our relationship with the Holy Spirit, it should flow out of intimacy. Intimacy is going to be so key for us in developing that relationship. You know, God can speak to us on his own, but how many of us know that we need to be first plugged into the Spirit? He's a speaking God. He can speak to us, but we need to plug ourselves in so that we can hear him. We need to be doing that. We have to be intentional about that. And therefore, you know, we must open our heart up to God. You know, on a daily basis and say, Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I welcome you into my midst. I want you in my life. I want you to be with me. I, I welcome you into this atmosphere that I'm in today. It's like, a, it's like saying, good morning, Holy Spirit, every day. Saying, Holy Spirit, not on my own, but with you. 
but with you, we can do this. With you, I can do this. You know, God wants you to be intimate with the Holy Spirit. He wants you to have a relationship with him. And you might ask, well, how do you do that? You know, okay, you've said that I need to get intimate with the Holy Spirit. How do you do that? Well, sometimes it's not as complex as we maybe think. Sometimes we can think, well, those who have Holy Spirit who walk in the power daily in the Holy Spirit, that's just for certain people. But I think it's for everyone. And we can do simple things, I believe, to do that. And quite simply, I just want to say, the way that you can grow in intimacy with God and with his Holy Spirit is get alone with God. Get alone with the Holy Spirit. Have time where you are with God. Life in the Spirit can be just as simple as that, but we have to attend to it. I love what it says in Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. This is what the prophet said. He said, I will climb up to my watchtower and stand at my guard post. There I will wait and see what the Lord says. And the watchtower represented like a place where you could go, quite a high place um, where you could go, and then you could kind of be intimate with God. You would, you would basically be in solitude. And what it did, it put you in that place where you could just focus on God. And what Habakkuk is talking about there is that I go to my watchtower so that I can wait and hear what God wants to say to me. I want to wait. I'm, I'm going to wait for his word. I'm going to wait for his response. But not only that, the watchtower, what it would do, it cut you off from the rest of the world. It cut off all the earthly things and you were there and you were just waiting for the word of God. You were waiting for God to speak to you. And basically Habakkuk was saying, I, want to, I need to get alone with God in my watchtower. And dare I say it, you know, I think today, as a church, we need to get watchtower moments in our lives, where we're cutting off from the world and we're focusing and opening our ears to God and saying, God, what do you want to say to me? God, what is it that you want to speak to me about today? What is it that you want to, want to reveal to me today? That's how we hear the Spirit. That's how God speaks to us. If we understand that we are children of God, God is our Father, you know, like a, like a father or mother that would carry their child, you know, God wants to talk to his children. God doesn't want to be a silent carrier. God wants to speak to his children. God wants to, to carry us, but there has to be a connection between the two. God is a speaking God. He, denies, he, he desires connection with his children. You know, my, my, my wife Doris is carrying our baby in her womb at the moment. And uh, at the moment, we, uh, we talk to the baby. Not in public, because that would look a bit weird. <laughs> but we're there, and uh, we're, we're, talking, we're talking to him, you know, we're praying over him already. And you know, why are we doing that? Because we already want him to be familiar with our voice. We want there to be a relationship with the carried and the carrier, you know? We want to make sure that, that, that we are connecting with him already. And when he's born, when we're carrying him, we want to keep talking to him. And I believe God, in, a, in the same way, has a similar heart, that he wants to have connection with us. He wants there to be a connection with the, with the carried and the carrier. He wants us to be in a deep relationship with him. So to hear God, you know, to hear the paraclete, the friend, and have intimacy with him, I need to create an inviting atmosphere for God to speak to me. I need to have an atmosphere where I'm saying, Holy Spirit, you are welcome here. So sometimes, what do I have to do? I have to block out the volume of the world at times so that I can tune into the spirit. You know, you can't tune into two at the same time. If you connect to a frequency, there are airwaves in the, in, in, in the world, and if you put on the radio, you can only go into one at one time. But if I'm connected into God, then I'm, I know that I'm in with him, but if I'm connected into the world, I can't get into God. So I have to, at times, prioritize time with him, be in that watchtower place where I'm just looking at God and being with him in my life. You know, that's why I believe in intimacy, prayer, fasting is so important to intimacy. It really is. You know, prayer is connecting to God. Fasting is disconnecting from the world. The idea 
that we're connecting to God. You know, and I know it's gone a bit silent now. <laughs> but seriously, prayer and fasting is so important in our lives. Praying to God, having that time where we're intimate with him, cutting ourselves off from some of the things that we normally do. But you might say to me, well, you know, prayer, fasting, it's not really my thing. I want to be intimate with God, but that's not really my thing. Can I say something? Make it your thing. Make it your thing. It never used to be my thing, but, you know, when I started to pray and fast, God, man, my relationship with him went to another level. God started to speak to me. I was, my ears were open to him. You know, when I pray and when I fast, it heightens my sensitivity to the voice of the Spirit. You know, God speaks to me. God reveals things to me. And therefore, I cannot afford not to pray and fast. Now, it might not look the same for everyone. It might not necessarily be a food fast necessarily, but can I say, cut yourself off from your devices at times. Have times when all you can tune in into is God. Put your phones away. Put your iPads away. Put social media away. Connect into God, because then you'll be able to hear him more. That's what life in the Spirit is about, I believe. Plugging into God regularly. You know, there are different voices vying for our attention. I don't know if you've noticed that. There are different voices that are trying to get me to think about this, getting me to think about that. So therefore, I have to tune into what God wants. I have to tune into his spirit. I have to walk to the tune of his spirit. You know, whatever you tune into will impact your life. You feed off your frequency. You'll feed off your frequency. You know, whatever you tune into, that will be exactly what you will be engaged in. And dare I even say this, what you tune into is what you attach to. You know, when it comes to connecting with God and connecting with his spirit, you know, I have learned to, to pray in the spirit a lot. To pray in the spirit on all occasions. If you're here today and you know, like, I haven't been filled with the spirit, I don't think I know how to speak in tongues yet. Well, don't worry, at the end of the service, we're going to give people a chance to come forward and we're going to pray for people to be filled. But I, I really believe there's so, so much benefit in praying in the spirit. Paul says, pray in the spirit on all occasions in Ephesians 6. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4, he says, anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies himself, meaning that speaking in the Spirit, praying in the Spirit is good for our personal devotional life. It edifies us. It's good for us. You know, and I pray in the Spirit a lot because that is me having a high-speed connection to God, as John Andrew said last week. I need that high-speed connection. and My mind isn't fruitful, but my spirit is connecting to God, and therefore I'm feeding the Spirit within me. I'm, I'm feeding Holy Spirit and my relationship with Him. And to be fair, I will say this though, I struggled with tongues at first. I didn't find it that easy. I was trying to be filled with the Spirit when I first became a Christian, and I got so intense about it, because everybody else seemed to be praying in the Spirit, and I was just there, just watching everybody. You know, I thought, you know, to be a Pentecostal, it was a tick box exercise. Number one, make sure you put your hands in the air and do this. And number two, make sure you speak in tongues. And I wasn't doing it, so the man there putting his hand in the air, well done. And that's what I thought it was. And I got really intense about it. I was like, oh, I'm never going to be able to do this. And everyone else was praying in the spirit. But I had to realize that it was more than just a tick box exercise. It's not just an experience. It's about having a relationship with God. It's about taking us deeper in our relationship with God. You know, it connects me to his spirit. And then when I started to grasp that, I started to get more relaxed. And you know, the spirit filled me. I was filled with his spirit. But even then, I still was tentatively moving along in this. And I got one phrase, I got one little tongue, and I rinsed that tongue. <laughs> it was just one little tongue, it was rababa. And I just kept saying, rababa, rababa. Me and my rababa, we were best friends. <laughs> rababa, rababa. 
oh, rabba, people praying in the spirit, having more words, I'm like, rabba, rabba. And then I realized like, I just had to ask and pray to God and say, God, I desire more of you. I desire more of your spirit. And then rabba started to change a little bit. Rabba went to, rabba si kanaba shundaraba I'm not trying to show off, please. Please get this. What I'm trying to say is that it took me a bit of time, but my heart had to be in the right place as well. I had to want intimacy. I had to want that connection with God, not to just have it as a tick box exercise and go, I just want to get that done and move on. But actually say, God, I desire more of your Holy Spirit in my life. Come and fill me in my life. Come and fill my heart with your spirit. And then it all started to flow a lot more naturally, or supernaturally, should I say. You know, can I say that? It can take us in a deeper level. You know, we want to go deeper in this season. We're speaking out some language because we believe it's relevant for our church to go deeper in God. You know, going deeper in God is praying, fasting, praying in the Spirit, having time in your watchtower, you know, just being with you and God where you're waiting for Him to speak to you, opening up your ears to what He wants to say. And also, can I say this? The word of God will draw you closer to him. When you read his word, it's going to read what it says in John 16, verses 13 to 14. Luke brought this a few weeks ago. It says, but when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all the truth. He will not speak on his own. He will speak only what he hears, and he will tell you what is yet to come. He will glorify me because it is from me that he will receive what he will make known to you. And, you know, for us today, I believe that the Spirit leading us and guiding us into all truth is that idea that, that the Spirit quickens the Word of God to us. You know, he, he makes the commands of Jesus alive and active in us. But you know what we have to do? The Spirit can only quicken what you read. He has to quicken the Word in you, but you've got to read the Word as well. And can I say, it's so important, if you want to grow in intimacy, if you want to grow in that intimacy with God, you've got to develop a love for the Word of God. Now, it's Spirit-breathed Word. So therefore, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help us in our relationship with the Spirit. Now, I, if you were here for Digging Deeper over the last uh, few weeks with our life groups on our Thursdays, you know, John Andrews talked about the importance of having a Bible reading plan. You know, it's not legalistic to have a Bible reading plan. It's a good thing to read the Bible regularly. It helps us. It helps us understand God. You know, and it isn't just for people to read the Bible regularly for who are in leadership, for example. It's not just for certain people. We all are called to read the Word regularly. Now, even before I was on church staff, when I was working as a lawyer, I used to get the train to London. I used to work in London. It was an hour there, an hour back. Um, and, you know, everybody else on that train hated that commute, but I couldn't wait because I was there with my Bible reading the Word, and God was speaking to me. God was revealing. You know, th those years when I was on that train, on that virgin train, you know, I had some holy moments with God. Everyone else was plugging into Netflix. I was plugging into the Spirit. You know, what you tune into will affect what impacts you in your life. And I was tuning into God, and God did an amazing work in me early on in those years. And I never forget that, because God started to show me more of his character. He started to develop a, I started to develop a relationship and a closeness to him. You know, we need to have intimacy, church. Everything that we do in the spirit will flow from that intimacy. Moving to my second point. Life in the spirit is yielded. Life in the spirit is yielded. You know, when we have intimacy and we allow the Spirit to speak and we're listening to him, then we need to yield to what he's saying. We can have intimacy and God can speak, but are we listening to what he's saying to us and doing it? Are we taking the step of faith to do what he says or to submit to his ways and walk to his tune? 
Galatians 5, 25 says this. It says, if we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Or a more literal translation is, let us walk by the Spirit. And the great thing about us having the advocate, the friend, the paraclete, is that when it comes to growing in holiness and becoming more like Jesus, he helps us. He helps us. You know, I like to look at it this way. He's like the Holy Spirit shines the light on Jesus. It's like a floodlight that shines a light on Jesus. You can't always, you can't see necessarily the Holy Spirit, but you know he's there. He shines a floodlight on Jesus and says, that's what you need to be like. That's the example I want you to look like. That's the character I'm trying to build in you. You know, when we are reborn, the spirit is at work, but how many of us know that it's a continuous thing? The spirit is helping us to be more like Jesus, that idea of sanctification, to be more like our Lord and Savior. And in the verse that, um, that, was, that was just on there a minute ago, in verse 25, the verb for walk, so to walk by the spirit in the Greek, it refers to this idea of people being drawn up in a straight line. And it means, what, what I believe Paul is trying to say there is, what we have to do is walk to the will of the Spirit. We have to yield to the way that he wants us to go. We have to look at what he's doing and what he's showing and follow him. He, like, we partner with the Spirit and we follow his ways. We follow the way that he wants us to go. You know, the flesh is at battle with the Spirit. Because the flesh wants us to do what's contrary to the Spirit. But it, the great thing is that the Spirit helps us to reject the flesh. When I say the flesh, I mean our sinful nature. The, the side of us that wants to do what we want to do, but then the Spirit comes alongside and says, how about doing this? How about doing it this way? How about going this way? You know, the fruit of the Spirit will be seen in our lives when we walk in step with the Spirit. But we have to make a choice. Firstly, are we going to submit to what the Spirit says? Are we going to live a life in submission to his Holy Spirit? Are we going to yield to what the Spirit says? You know, it comes to this, doesn't it? Are we going to start saying yes to the Lord and saying, yes, Holy Spirit, you are Lord, and what you've said that you want me to do there, I'm going to do that. I'm, I'm going to make that change. I'm going to make that adjustment. I'm going to change the area of my life. I'm going to do that. The Holy Spirit brings conviction. And he shows us what in our lives needs to change. Now, he gently corrects us so that we can live our best life. And I want you to get this as well. When the Holy Spirit comes and corrects us and, and, and gives conviction in our lives, in areas in our lives, you know, he does it because he wants to help you. you know, he's the advocate. He's the friend. He's the paraclete. He wants to help you. He wants you to live the best version of your life that you can live. It's always for our benefit. It's always for the good of what God wants for us. The Spirit speaks because he wants us to get better. He wants us to get better in the way that we do life and the way that we do things. You know, sometimes I think we can think the Holy Spirit has to talk only about perceived big things. Like, thus saith the Lord. Lord, what call have I got over my life? Lord, what career am I going to have? Guide me in all this. These things are important, by the way. But you know, for me, the Holy Spirit nails me. I say nails me because he... It's good to know when the Holy Spirit is speaking on the little things. You know, he helps me to master sometimes the little things in life, which sometimes we think are not little, but actually, when you don't deal with them, they become big problems. You now, when I first became a Christian, the Holy Spirit started speaking to me straight away about some of the things in my life that I needed to change. Issues in my attitude, my character the way that I respond to people, or the way that I don't respond to people, the way that I, I've sent emails. 
the way that I speak in terms of the language I use. He spoke to me about my drinking habits when I used to go out on every weekend. He would speak to me about my idolatry in my life. You know, the behind the scenes stuff. Do you know what I mean? The little things? Behind the scenes? It's gone eerie quiet. No, but seriously, this is important because this is what the Holy Spirit does. It's not just about up here on front. I'm here today preaching, speaking in front of you guys, but behind the scenes, if I'm not listening to the voice of the Holy Spirit and all the little things, something's gone wrong. Yeah? It's about living it day in, day out, and listening to his voice, yielding to what he wants us to do. And it's not a wagging finger. Sometimes we can think of God coming with his wagging finger, and you naughty child, what are you doing? No, we know that in Christ we've been made new. There's no condemnation for those that are in Christ. That's a great truth. But he comes more like with a prodding finger. A gentle nudge. Does anyone know what I mean? The God prod. Sean, why did you do that? And it's a continuous thing. John, you're better than that. Come on. Why are you thinking that way for? The stuff that not everyone sees, but we do. The Holy Spirit comes and he says, come on. I want what's best for you. I'm the advocate, I'm the paraclete, I come alongside you, I wanna help you. You know, and God helps me all the time in this. You know, in my first few years as a Christian, God started to deal with all this stuff. But you know what, I had to respond. I had to yield. And you know, I would say one of the main reasons why I think, and people have fed this back to me, and I'm just telling you what's happened in my story. One of the main reasons that I think I've been able to grow in these last few years is because I'm willing to yield to God's voice. I wanna yield to what he wants to do. But I'm not perfect, I still get things wrong. It's a continuous thing. You know, even the, the other, I think it was a few months ago, um, I had a bit of a disagreement with, uh, with my wife, Doris. And uh, we were talking, and um, she suggested something to me, and uh, I didn't want to do what she wanted to do. I was like, no, I'm, I'm not up for that. And then um, she was like, no, I think we should do this, I think we should do this. And I was, I was having a bit of a bad day. It's a bit tired, a bit irate. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that, I don't want to do that. And then I snapped. <laughs> And I went, I don't want to do it. And she looked at me like, what's wrong with this guy? You know? what, what's... And she went, okay, fine. You know when your wife says, okay, fine? It's not fine. And I said, yeah, okay, fine. And I just walked off. And literally, within 30 seconds, it's like the Holy Spirit went, whoa, Mr. Chand, what was that? Can I say this as well? It's okay to have disagreements. Sometimes it happens. That's life. You know, we can have disagreements as family and friends. But the point is this. If we let it get out of hand and we don't listen to the voice of the Spirit, it can start to take over. We can start producing bad fruit instead of good fruit. You know, instead of us having that beautiful garden that God wants us to have, the weeds start to shoot up and we just let them take over. But what we've got to do is listen to the voice of the Spirit. And he, and he grabbed me and he says, look, he says, what does the Bible say? I was like, Ephesians 5, the Bible says, love your wife as Christ loved the church. <laughs> and was that very loving, John? <laughs> no, no, it wasn't very loving. Go say sorry to your wife. Go say so. As I went up to her, I said, I'm sorry, Doris. And she was like, that's fine, don't worry about it. It was actually fine. <laughs> and she was like, that's okay, you know, let's move on. 
But I'm so glad that Holy Spirit's there to keep us in check, you know, to, to, to guide us, to take the right step, to walk in tune with where he wants us to go, you know. He helps me, you know, he wants us to have the best relationships with each other that we can have. He wants us to have the best marriage. He wants us to have the best family life. But you've got to yield to what he says, church. You've got to be willing to take that step and submit to what he says. Now, just to share one more story with you. you know, can I say this as well? Holy Spirit knows. In fact, well, let me say it together. Say, Holy Spirit knows. He knows. You know, when I was dealing with a lot of the things early on in my Christian walk, um, the Holy Spirit drew my attention to my relationships with family members, and particularly my relationship with my father. And, um, you know, my, my relationship with my dad hadn't, hasn't been great over the years, and pretty much be, when I became a Christian, um, it still wasn't great. There was, there was still a lot that was, that was not great between us, and I hadn't really spoke to him for about 10 years. And it was on my 28th birthday, and I was like getting loads of messages through from people saying happy birthday and, and Christmas cards, uh, Christmas cards, birthday cards, <laughs> birthday cards. God, I'm in Christmas mode now. <laughs> and um, getting all these, these messages, lovely, it was great. And then I just got really angry in one moment. I got really annoyed and bitter because I was like, yeah, all these cards, amazing. And still, nothing from my dad. And I got annoyed. In that moment, I got really, really angry. I was like, oh, you know, it's my birthday, and you know, not even a text, nothing. I got really bitter, and I was just like, oh. And the Holy Spirit came alongside. <laughs> and he said, text your dad. I said, what? <laughs> he said, yeah, text him, text him. Tell him that you love him. I said, what? You've got to be... He should be texting me, telling me that he loves me. It's my birthday. What's all this about? Do it. Do it. I was like, fine, I'll do it, but I'm not happy about this. He didn't ask me to be happy about it. He just told me to do it. So I text him. I was like, oh, gosh. I found out his number. I found a way to communicate with him. And, you know, to cut a long story short, I mean, he, he got so emotional. And I didn't think he was going to respond back, and he got back to me, and he was like, I can't believe you've just sent that to me. And um, he said, uh, shall we meet up? I said, yeah, let's meet up. And we met up, and um, God did an amazing work. He healed some ridiculous pain that we were having. You know, this, this stuff that was between us, and you know, it wasn't, it wasn't just for my dad. You know, I, I believe it helped my dad at the time, and my dad wasn't in a great place, and he struggled a lot in life, and... He wasn't in a great place, but it wasn't just for my dad, it was for me. He wants what's best for you. He knows. I know there's a moment where like, I was there, we had that weekend with him, and at the end of the weekend, um, I said, Dad, can I pray with you? Like, the Spirit said, pray with you, Dad. I was like, oh my God, I was like, okay. I said, uh, and I said, Dad, can I pray with you? He goes, yeah, of course you can pray with me. And I literally, I put my arm around him. And I said, Lord, thank you for my dad. And he starts sobbing. That's literally it. That's all it was. I only said those few words. And he starts sobbing. And I'm sobbing. And the Lord is just doing something amazing. He's just doing something absolutely amazing in our hearts. And, you know, I was like, after, we spoke, after that we'd finished, he, I, dad, my dad said to me, he said, I now know that you love me. I didn't know it, but now I know. And some of you know that Last year, my dad passed away. 
But all I can say is, the Holy Spirit knows. And my point is this. This is what I want you to get. If, if God, if the Holy Spirit prompts you and says, do this, do that, he knows. Do it. Because he sees something. He sees the bigger picture. You don't always see it, but he knows. You know, I believe the Holy Spirit saved me from some regret. Because I was able to have that moment. And I don't have to live with that now. And I'm not saying that that's a good thing to be, to be bragging about. No. But I thank God that he knows, that he knows best. My last point, I've gone quite deep, I know. Life in the spirit is empowered. It's gonna read these verses of Jesus. But you will receive power when the spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Yeah, out of that intimacy that we have with God, he then calls us to go. To go empowered. To go and bring the message of Jesus to people that need it. To, to go and tell the lost, the lost world, the people that are lost in this world about Jesus. And again, we don't do it on our own, but he empowers us for that task. He fills us and gives us the Holy Spirit. And it wasn't with wise and persuasive words that the church did that but it was a demonstration of the Spirit's power. The Spirit moved in the hearts of those people in that community, and they brought the message with power. You know, can I say this? The church didn't do church without Holy Spirit. It didn't work otherwise. The Holy Spirit was there in everything that they were doing. So what it says in Acts 4, verse 31, after the believers prayed, the place where they were meeting was shaken. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. You know, they prayed. They were intimate with God. They were having time with him, but then he empowered them and filled them with the Spirit, and they went and preached the word. They went to the ends of the earth to preach the gospel. You know, I love what it says in Acts 8, 29. You know, can I get us to, to listen to these words and, and take them on board in our own lives as well? Philip, it says this, was told by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit said this to him, go to that chariot and stay near it. That was it. Go to that chariot and stay near it. And we know that what happened as a result of that was that he led the Ethiopian eunuch to the Lord. And then the gospel goes to Africa. You know, if we're listening to God and we're open to him and we've got intimacy with him, let's listen to him when he wants us to go and speak to people, when he wants us to go and be near someone, when he wants us to go and impact someone. You know, he's given us what we need to live an empowered life, to go and take the message of Jesus into the broken world, to go and show them that there's a different way. You know, I'm sure those, those apostles, those disciples were a bit fearful at the time, but do you know what? They didn't let fear hold them back. They stirred up what God had given them. They used it. You know, the book of Acts is like a series of nudges. It's like the Holy Spirit nudging you, nudging you. And they, someone went somewhere, and then, then the gospel came to that place, and then churches were established. You know, God moved through the power of the Holy Spirit in his people. You know, and we can do this today as well, I believe. The nudge of the Spirit can nudge us to make an impact. In this city, in your workplace, God can use you. you know, even though I am on staff here, I am really passionate about reaching a lost world, yeah. about reaching people for Jesus. You know, a few, uh, about a year or so back, I was um, in my living room and I was praying in the Spirit. I prayed in the Spirit for about 30 minutes, just going for it. And I felt really charged and filled with the Holy Spirit. And then I went to the gym 
And as I got to the gym, I was doing my thing, and the Lord said to me, the Holy Spirit said to me, said, speak to that lady over there. And I was like, Lord, I don't make a, you know, a regular thing of speaking to random ladies in the gym. <laughs> I was like, I just want to say that. I was like, that sounds, that's going to look a bit weird. He goes, no, 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 seriously. Trust me, speak to her. I was like, I don't even know what to say. Just, just ask her how she's doing, okay. So I went up and said, hey, how are you doing? And she looked at me and said, not very well. And literally for 15 minutes, I didn't even speak. She reeled off all the stuff that she was going through. She just reeled off everything that was, she was struggling with, everything that was happening in her, in her life that was holding her back. And she goes, I'm just so overwhelmed with it. And she was near tears. And I didn't, I didn't know what I said. I just was listening. And I said, look, I says, um, I'm a follower of Jesus, and I believe Jesus can, can help you. Now, I didn't lead it to the Lord there and then because it wasn't, gonna, it wasn't necessarily going to happen, but I, I wanted to plant a seed so that she would know who Jesus is. I said, can I pray for you? And she was like, uh, what, here? I said, yeah. I said, look, it doesn't matter. Don't forget everybody else. Let's pray. She goes, okay. And I start praying for her. I said, Lord, lift off this, these problems. Lift off these issues. Lift off this anxiety, this fear. Lift off this burden off her shoulders. And I'm praying for her, and she's weeping. Wow. She's weeping there in the gym. And then I come away, and I say, oh, bless you. And I, I just moved on and just carried on. And then where the gym that I used to go to, you could, um, you could uh, go and have a coffee. There's like a little coffee place where you could go. And I was there having my coffee right afterwards. And this same lady runs out to me. She goes, Jonathan, Jonathan. I didn't realize we were on name terms. Was, she goes, Jonathan, Jonathan. I was like, oh, my goodness. I was like, What's, what have I done? She goes, what have you done? I said, oh, no, I've cursed her or something. <laughs> She's like, what have you done? I said, I said, what do you mean? What do you mean? She says, what have you done? I said, I don't know what you mean. She says, that burden, the heaviness, the issues, the, the fear, it's gone. Wow. Said, it's gone. It's not here anymore. She says, what did you do? I said, look, I didn't do anything. I said, I believe Jesus has touched you. Yeah. I said, the hand of Jesus through his spirit has touched you. And she goes, I just feel so light. I can't believe it. I, I, you, since you prayed for me, everything just went away. And what I want to say this is church, you know, I've had no evangelism teaching. <laughs> I've had no teaching. You know, I, I honor the greats like Billy Graham and, and Jay John. These are amazing people, don't get me wrong, and we should learn from them. But can I say this? If you've got the Holy Spirit within you, you've got the best teacher, the best equipper, the best evangelist that you're ever going to need. And all you have to do is respond to his voice and go, Lord, I'm willing to go there. I'll speak to that person in your workplace, in your universities, in the different places that God puts you. Just listen to his voice. Be open to him and say, Holy Spirit, who would you want me to speak to to share Jesus with them? Because maybe you could impact their life. Can I invite the band up, please? Thank you. Because maybe God will use you in that moment. Maybe God will come and touch them. And can I say this? We're all called to witness. You know, if we're going to reach a city for Christ, it's going to need mobilizing of an army of God, all of us here, to go into this city and tell them about Jesus. And listening to the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Listening to his voice within us. Can I hear an amen? amen. It's going to take a fully charged Spirit-led, Spirit-filled people. And I don't know about you, but I'm stirred by this today. I'm stirred by the Holy Spirit as we bring this series to a close. I'm stirred and excited by the Holy Spirit that He's going to use us and that we're going to see Coventry transformed for the glory of God because we were Spirit-filled and we obeyed His Word and we went into the places, went into the darkest places and the Kingdom of God would come. I'm... In a moment, we're going to worship. We're going to have some time to, to worship. We're going to play a couple of songs. But um, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to have a chance for the Holy Spirit to touch us. Why don't we all stand together?
And maybe you're here today and something's resonated with you. Maybe God has spoken to you. Maybe about something you need to yield to. Maybe there's something that you're not doing and you know you need to get it right. Maybe God wants to speak to you about that today and touch you with his Holy Spirit. Well, can I encourage you today to allow the Holy Spirit to come into your heart afresh? Maybe you've been stirred to want to go and share your faith, to go and share Jesus. Maybe you would say, you know what, I'm not really moving in the gifts of the Spirit. I'm not really being equipped to go and share Jesus with a broken world, but I want to. I want a touch of Holy Spirit. I want to be filled to be empowered. But if that's you, then I want to encourage you to respond today. I'm going to pray in a minute, but then when the band lead us, if you want that, why don't you come forward to the front? Come to God and ask him for a touch of your spirit. If you've not been filled with the spirit, then make yourself known to us and we'll pray for you to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to get going and be filled. We want to make this as an opportunity for you to come and have the spirit touch your life afresh today or even maybe for the first time. So after I pray, the band are going to lead us. Come out in your seats. There'll be a few of us here on prayer ministry team and a few of us on leadership who'll be willing to pray with you as we end this series. Why don't you open your hearts to the Holy Spirit right now? Oh, Lord. King Jesus, we thank you that you've poured out your Holy Spirit. Lord, not in a half measure, but, but in fullness on all flesh. And Lord, as we come today, Lord, I pray, Lord, where we need a touch from you and to be refreshed in our spirit, God, so that we can be empowered to be your people whether it be to yield to your will, to walk in holiness. Lord, I pray, touch our hearts today. Lord, help us to say yes to you and no to whatever else it is. Help us to move in your spirit today. Lord, where there are numbers of us here today that represent different situations, different people, different establishments, different workplaces, different schools, different universities. Lord, empower us afresh today to be your hands and feet to go and share the message of Jesus in this broken world. Give us the gifts of your spirit, Lord. Let us desire your gifts that we would go and bring the prophetic, bring a word of knowledge, to bring people to know you and to share the message of this gospel, Lord. So I pray, Lord, for every single heart here today. Fill us today, Lord. Lord, as your people come forward today, Lord, would we be touched by you? But Lord, let this be the beginning. Let this be the beginning of a start of a new day in a life from the Spirit. Help us to live life from the Spirit, empowered by you. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 